All right. Hi, everybody. All right. Hi. You're listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. While enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. I'm Carrie. And today we're taking a shot of tequila, so go ahead. Woo woo! Uh, one, two, three, go! (sighs) (laughs) That was a little warm. It's fine. That was my fault. (laughs) (laughs) That was our fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, I think that, um... Once I'm making some money and can invest in some more liquor, I want to try some of those uh, shots that I, um... That you found? Yeah. I think that would be fun. It will be fun. I'll we usually them. have rattlesnakes this time of year, but... Mm-hmm. <sighs> I had to go and buy a house, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm a little penniless at the moment. <laughs> I am also penniless. Penniless destitute (laughs) the whole nine yards remy is trying to reach for the microphone hello my baby is awake again just so everyone's aware (laughs) we can't seem to time it to where she'll be asleep when we record so we decided not to (laughs) yeah (laughs) and once again we're still renovating the house so i am home alone josh is sanding the ceiling that we scraped so it's it's just me and the baby (laughs) So I don't have anyone to watch her right now, so it's just just us. It would be me, Hopefully but I also quiet, do this podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Um, hey, baby. I, oh, I just found a pink one called the Princess Shot that maybe we should try sometime. The Princess Shot? Mm-hmm. Half What's a shot, in that? Half a shot of vodka, a fourth shot of watermelon pucker, and a fourth shot of whiskey sour mix. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it says it tastes like pink starburst. Ooh, we, we need to I go. I love pink starbursts. Yeah, if if this is still a thing in Bowling Green, we need to go to this bar called Shots, where all they do is serve shots and like they specialize in different kinds. We should go. Oh, there. you're so much younger than me. <laughs> if I go to a place called Shots and have more than one shot, I will be dead for three days. <laughs> Just Honestly. so you're aware. That's what happens after you turn 30. <laughs> Almost all so, my friends are like close to 30 or in their 30s. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> Let's go do shots. Let's do shots. No. <laughs> I already did all my shots. <laughs> Maybe one day when my tolerance is built back up. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Well, hope everyone's having a good new year. Yeah, hopefully. Um, Hope you all enjoyed the uh, WWE Divorce Court we talked about last Friday. (laughs) Please go check that out. It's good times. It's really fun. It's good times. Yeah. I'm excited to do part two this week. Yeah. (laughs) So oh, fun. I forgot. All right. I forgot that we're going back to that. Yeah, we have the other half of the list. 
Oh, yucky. Okay. The first one is the <laughs> best. I'm so excited. Okay. okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so today yeah. we are talking about selective, selective mutism. mutism. Which is not scary, interesting. but it's very interesting. Huh? I said, which is not no, scary, not like scary. we said it. <laughs> we went back no, to our spooky scary. voice, finally. Um, yes. But it is, it's fun. It's fun to learn about. It's interesting, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, um, selective mutism is a severe anxiety disorder where a person is unable to speak in certain social situations, such as with classmates at school or to relatives they do not see often. Um, so this is most prevalent in childhood. Um, I was selectively mute until I was like three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you didn't talk at all. Yeah. I, well, I, I guess... I, I was totally mute until I was like three so, and a yeah, half. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not selectively <laughs> mute. That's never talking. <laughs> that's oh not my. talking, is it, Remy? Oh, my God. What? Of course, my dog would decide to sit and bark at the door the second we get oh. into this. I'm yeah. texting my mother to take care of this. <laughs> Continue. Okay. okay. Um. So... As we all know, the um, I guess what the one the the person that we're all the most familiar with with selective mutism is Raj from the Big Bang Theory. So he can't mm-hmm. speak to women, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, but then I think they came up with that before they realized how hilarious Kanal Nayar is. Yeah, and then they figured out that he's really funny, and they had to figure out a way to get him to speak. <laughs> so, they, so they made him be able to speak to women when he's drunk. Which is even more hilarious, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. You have to be drunk to speak to women. Oh, goodness. I love that show. Okay. <laughs> it, it's a very good show. I miss being able to binge that on HBO Max. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fair. You could give it to yourself for Christmas every year. Just buy a yeah. season every year for Christmas. I could do that. For 12 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I acquired all of them. Um, but anyway, so um, so this usually starts during childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and if left untreated, it can persist into adulthood. Um, a child or adult with selective mutism does not refuse or choose not to speak at certain times. They are literally unable to speak. There is a difference. Yeah. Um, the expectation to talk to certain people triggers a freeze response. Oops. No. Remy. Uh-huh. Hang on. Okay. My child just grabbed my phone. Okay. Um, <laughs> She's like, I want to look. She does that all the time. Okay. Aww. So um, it, it triggers a freeze response with feelings of panic, like a like a case of stage fright and um, talking is actually impossible. Yeah. So it's like the it's like your fighter, your fight or flight gets triggered and you, you physically cannot speak. Yeah. It's not that you're being shy. It, it's this is something very different. Yeah. Um. So in time, of course, with therapy, the, pe- the person will learn to anticipate the situations that provoke this distress and reaction and do what they can to avoid them. So it's like with any kind of panic disorder, mm-hmm. you know, I- I'm claustrophobic. I don't go in caves. Yeah. Huh? Oh, I was just saying you, you say? need tools to be able to. Yes, you need tools. Around it. Yeah. And um, 
just anyone with anxiety, we all kind of tend to avoid the stuff that makes us panic or that yeah. causes us more anxiety as a rule. And then you can learn tools to, to manage things. Like, you know, I mean, if if going to work makes you panic, you're going to have to learn to manage that because one must earn a living. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, but I mean, you know, like, what do you, what are some things you avoid? I mean, I definitely don't, I don't go to caves. I don't, I, I don't care for concerts where you stand right in front of the stage and people can smush you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, I, honestly, one of the things that I avoid is watching new movies, which is really, Me too. It, it's, um, it's because, and I've learned this, like, through doing some research, it's because, like, I'm so afraid of new things that it, that, like, I'll rewatch old things because I know that I like them. Yeah, me and, too. Yeah. I so, totally do this. It drives Josh crazy. Yeah. He's like, I don't even know why we pay for internet. We could just get the five shows you watch on DVD. <laughs> He's yeah. just like, why do you do this? And I'm like, because it's comforting. I know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. And also, like, I avoid, um, I really just avoid movies that I don't, that I like, I don't know if something's going to trigger me or not. I've got great friends yeah. that will screen movies for me so that I can, like, participate and enjoy them with them. But they'll, like, screen them for me. And, like, whenever we go to watch them together, they'll be like, okay, don't look here. Like, with horror movies or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, like, they'll... Like, I watched... Um, We were going to watch... I got HBO and we, we've both been wanting to watch Sharp Objects and I watched it mm-hmm. uh, while I was on maternity leave and then I was like, it's really good, but you don't need to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of self-harm and a lot of just weird shit in that show. It was great, yeah. but it was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. It was weird. <laughs> um, but I, I guess, I don't know, I, I avoid the news. Well, I always have to, the other thing like, with me, like, I, I always have to have an out like, yeah. when I go somewhere, I really like to be the person that drove. Like, mm-hmm. I like to drive my own car places. Me too. Um, I That's also a big deal for have, me, yeah. I also really don't like to meet people at places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you and I are going to see a movie together, I mm-hmm. would prefer to pick you up. Yeah. And and drive us there, or vice versa. Like, I, I always want to dr- ride together. Yeah, me too. I, I, I don't love like that to arrive first. Yeah, I love that you're <laughs> like that because I I hate that too. Like I that's hate... so funny. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. We're learning so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that's why I you're also... always like, yes, let's do this. I love it. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I also avoid things that I know I'm not gonna be good at the first time I do them. Like, if I, <laughs> yeah. But that might just be, like, the perfectionist in me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Mm Mm-hmm. I avoid video games that that aren't Lego games because I know I'm going to get angry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So, however, people with selective mutism are able to speak freely to certain people, such as close family and friends, when no one else is around to trigger the freeze response. So, like, Raj, he can talk to his friends. 
he can talk to his, you know, his coworkers, things like that, people that he's comfortable around. But but women, beautiful women in particular, make him very, very nervous. And he <laughs> freezes completely every time Penny t- talks to him. Oh. But I guess the difference is that he does whisper in Howard's ear. So yeah. that's not... That's not showing it Really on brand. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not very authentic. <laughs> But it's also a comedy show, so it's the, also I mean, a sitcom. Yeah. yeah, so we can we can lay off a little bit. Um. Okay, so uh, lost my place. Okay, so selective mutism actually affects one in a hundred and forty young children, which is kind of a lot. Yeah, I read that too. Um. Um. It's more common in girls and mm-hmm. children who are learning a second language, which makes more sense. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. Such as those who have recently migrated from their country of birth. Of birth. So, I mean, that makes sense if you're learning a second language. It's interesting that it's more common in girls. Well, I, um, think I do not because, know why that is. I think that's because what? of all, like, the pressure that we put on girls to be, like, polite like, as and a friendly. And, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, all right, I, so let's. T- before you met me, it, it like it was hard for me to like get out and talk to people. It was hard for me to retail brought that out of me. That that's why I got had you out to of your show. Retail. Yeah, I'm. That's why I'm thankful for it. But like it was, I don't think I was necessarily like selectively mute. But it was very hard for me to talk to people because I always thought that people were like making fun of me when I would talk. Oh yeah, because, that's same. Yeah, because <laughs> well, like people in high school used to like ask me if I had a lisp and um what you yeah. don't sound like you have a lisp thank you apparently other people Why do not you... think that way um people are idiots you don't yeah. sound like you have a lisp at all thanks <laughs> uh but like that's <laughs> that's what's in the back of my head all the time and well so people used to I used to be the person in the back of I was always reading because I thought no one liked me uh-huh so um I would just like sit in the back of the classroom and read and people mm-hmm. would be like, Hey, is that book good? And I always took it as them being sarcastic. Uh-huh. You know? Oh. Like when some dumbass idiot comes up and is like, Hey, is that drink good? Yeah. You like that burger? Because it's like all over your face or something. Yeah. So I took it as, is that a good book? But they were probably just like, Hey, is that a good book? And I was just like, <laughs> Yes. And then I would continue reading. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, that's why I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say something. <laughs> so yeah, it took me a while to get past that too. Uh, yeah. College really helped me. Um, took a communications class and a debate class and all that stuff. And I mean, if I was going to be a teacher, I had to get over my fear of talking to strangers. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, and retail definitely helped with my confidence, too. I'm not nearly as afraid of salespeople as I used to be. I used to be terrified. Like, when I would go into a shop and some salesperson would come up and say, hey, do you need any help? I'd be like, ah! And just, like, leave. (laughs) I'd just be like, oh, my God, don't talk to me. Please don't talk to me. My whole goal when I'm shopping is to get in and out without talking to a single person. (laughs) Me, too. And (laughs) random people stop me, even though I'm not in, like clothes of the people that work in stores and they try to get me to help them and I'm like I don't fucking work here. I don't work here. <laughs> I've got you just my have head- a kind face, Kay. Uh, apparently I need to stop that because I don't want people to talk to me. 
Leave me alone. Put your headphones in. I do. Oh, my God. I swear to God, I do. And, like, three people came up to me, even though I had my headphones in, obviously, and still tried to talk to me during a pandemic. What? Yeah. I hate everything. And then old people steal carts from me, but that's a different issue. That's a whole (laughs) other thing, though. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about some signs. So uh, selective mutism usually starts in early childhood. This is by the National Health Service, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't cite my source at all. So um, selective mutism usually starts in early childhood, um, usually between the age of age of two and four. So that's, you know, when g- generally when kids start, you know, talking. Um, yeah. It's often first noticed when the child starts to interact with people outside their family, such as when they begin nursery or school. Yeah. So, like, preschool, that kind of thing. Going to daycare, all that jazz. I know you want to play with the cord, honey, but please don't. (laughs) But he's so fun. Okay. She is not going to have a problem at all. (laughs) She has so much to say all the time. She's so talkative. (laughs) Aren't you silly girl? She's fascinated by the waves and audacity. Please don't touch it. Okay. Um... (laughs) The main warning sign is marked is the marked contrast in the child's ability to engage with different people. Uh, it's characterized by a sudden stillness and frozen facial expression when they're expected to talk to someone who's outside their comfort zone. Um, they may avoid... So it's like a deer in the headlights yeah. kind of situation. Um, they may avoid eye contact and appear nervous, uneasy, or socially awkward. Um, rude, disinterested, or sulky. Mm-hmm. Clingy, shy and withdrawn, stiff, tense, or poorly coordinated, stubborn or aggressive, having temper tantrums when they get home from school, or getting angry when questioned by parents. Yeah. Uh, more confident children with selective mutism can use gestures to communicate. For example, they may nod yes or shake their head for no. Uh, but more but more severely affected children tend to avoid any form of communication whatsoever. So spoken, written, or gestured. So they just freeze completely. Oh, oh duh. This is this is a guy mom and I take care of. He he can talk yeah. but he won't talk to us. He used to talk to his mom. Um but now like he'll talk in his room, we'll hear him talking in in his room, but if we ask him something he'll pretend he doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, oh, St- Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. He's such a turd. He is. He's a trip. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so some children may manage to respond with a few words, or they may speak in an altered voice, such as a whisper. I'm glad they said such as a whisper, because altered voice in my head was like a demon <laughs> Demonic. voice. Demonic. Yeah. I, I had a friend that was... Hello, mother. <laughs> I had a friend that would only, like, whisper to teachers and stuff, and, like, when she was asked to talk in class, she would only be able to whisper. But, like, when she was talking to her friends, she could talk a little louder. And one time one of our teachers, yeah, yeah, one time one of our teachers heard her, like, talking to, talking to me, I think, and the teacher asked her something, and she, like, whispered because she's anxious, and Mm -hmm. the teacher was like, I know you can talk louder than that. And... I mean, fair. Yeah, but also, she has anxiety. It- well, right. And that's the thing, though. That's what sucks about high school and stuff, though, yeah. is that some kids are dicks. Yeah. And they do well, that to try and get attention. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's hard as a teacher to be like, hey, get your shit together, especially when something something like this that's probably never been diagnosed in her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. like... It, I would highly doubt that your teacher had any kind of record of why this this person whispers whenever she talks to teachers. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I'm, yeah. If they did, they would never have done that. Yeah. I'm sure they thought she was just being a dick. Yeah. Just a devil's advocate for the teacher. <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. Which shouldn't um, have been that way, but also <laughs> probably was acting in ignorance. Yeah. But also this person did end up, like, becoming a dick. Uh, well... Oh, she, really? She was a dick the entire time. I still kind of felt bad for her because I, I get anxiety. But right. also, she was a dick. <laughs> See? All right. So, <laughs> so let's talk about what actually causes this. So, um, experts regard selective mutism as a fear or phobia of talking to certain people. Uh, the cause is not always clear, but it's known to be associated with anxiety, as most phobias are. Yeah. The child will, will usually have a tendency to anxiety and have difficulty talking everyday, taking everyday events in their stride. A tendency to anxiety. I yes. know what it meant. So, I know that that's grammatically correct. It was just, it it's is. funny. <laughs> Anxious <laughs> tendencies. <laughs> a tendency to anxiety as a I verb. have a tendency to anxiety. <laughs> Uh, so many many children become too distressed to speak when uh, when separated from their parents and transfer this anxiety to the adults who try to settle them. Yeah. If they have a, if they have a speech and language disorder or a hearing problem, it can make speaking even more stressful because they're insecure mm-hmm. about it. Um, some children have proce- have trouble processing sensory information such as loud noise and jostling crowds, a condition known as sensory. Ooh, maybe I have that. I do have that. I get really angry if there's too much going, too many noises going on at once. It's yeah. like a frustration. Uh, it's a and very it's anxiety. serious frustration that I get. Yeah. My 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 lovely husband, who I love so much, is stupid sometimes, <laughs> and I'm like watching TV, and then he turns on a video at full blast on his phone, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. I cannot do two noises at once like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. <laughs> so I'll just reach over and pause what I'm watching and stare at him. <laughs> I'm like, or one time I looked at him and said, Did you, do you need headphones? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Do you need headphones? <laughs> and he was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Stevie or, you has know, gotten... whenever we were we were working in the store and you have to have a movie playing, which is fine. Yeah. And then someone will come in and play something out loud on their phone. They'll mm-hmm. play like a trailer for a movie before they pick it out. Or there was one guy that was walking around just playing music out loud of his back yes. out loud out of his backpack. Yeah. And I was like, I don't need you to DJ my life. <laughs> also, you're giving me a panic attack. Yeah. I want to claw my own skin off right now. Yeah. <laughs> And beat you with a bat at the same time. Stevie and my mom do not understand this. So, like, Stevie will have his laptop going full blast. He'll have his TV going full blast. Mom no. will have all the TVs almost in sync, but not quite. 
on the same no! day. And they're all going at full blast. And it, it, I, I panic. I, I turn, I turn into a rage monster. Um. Yeah. And I turn off all the TVs. And then I go in my yeah. room and I sit and I put on my headphones and I turn them up on full blast. That's also why, like, if I'm in the kitchen, I always have my headphones on because I know there's going to be another noise and I have to have my headphones on full yeah. blast so I can't hear anything else over that noise. Right. Because it will freak me out. I've always been that way. Yeah. But. I, uh, that's why I've, that's why I started wearing my headphones in, in Walmart and places when I go shopping. Though right now, it's lovely and quiet. Because, especially, at least in Kroger, not necessarily in Walmart, but it's, it's lovely and quiet because people's mouths are covered. Yeah. And, um, they also, at least at my Kroger, are trying to get in and out as fast as they possibly fucking can. So it's really nice. <laughs> Not at my Kroger and Walmart. People have been taking Sorry. their sweet ass time and like stopping in the middle of the aisle. Just da da da. I I'm can't like, stand it. If if you got to stop, how Walmart used to be out here. It was like a gossip corner. Yeah, and it was always old ladies with big hair <laughs> stopping to talk about so and so's divorce. Oh my god! In the middle of the aisle, and I'm like, can I just get my crackers? I, I Please. get to, yeah. You I are get, so loud. I get to the point that I like want to take my cart and shove it in between their cart just to mm-hmm. move them out of my way. Be- because I'm like they're taking up the whole aisle. Like one's yeah. facing one direction, the other's facing the other direction, and they're blocking the entire entire aisle with their conversation. Yeah. I have very loudly and aggressively turned around and stomped back up the aisle to go around. <laughs> to go all the way around to the next aisle nice like hello oh i can't stand it can't yeah stand it but if you expect me to play a movie listen to your music and answer your questions about about jumanji sorry bro (laughs) one thing has to go and it can't be the movie (laughs) can't no can't happen can't happen also, who do you think you are? Why do you think everyone likes your music? Yeah. I know your phone came with headphones. They all do now. People have been doing that more and more lately. Like, they do it in stores. They, like... Why? I don't understand Why? it. It's so fucking rude. I have rude. never understood it. It's the rudest thing. Fucking turn your shit off. Okay. Yeah. No one wants to hear your weird... Oh, God. I don't even remember what this girl was playing one time. I was in, like, the craft section. Like, (laughs) where yarn and shit is. Where, like, old ladies shop. And this girl, who was, like, 14 probably, was blasting some horrifying rap song. It was was bad music, first of all. I like good rap. But it it was bad. This was a bad song. I don't remember what it was. And it was filled with profanity. (laughs) In Walmart! In front of the yarn. That's when you there take the phone and everywhere. slam it on the floor. She. Oh my god. I'm not. I did. I looked at her. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh god. Uh, I don't have the patience for that. I don't understand that. it. I'm like, you know that everyone can hear your music, right? Yeah. It's not just you. You're not in a, in a protective force field bubble. <laughs> god. Okay, I uh, lost my place completely. 
Totally lost it. Oh, okay, so the condition is known as sensory integration dysfunction. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. Bet that's what I have. So this can make this can make them shut down and be unable to speak when overwhelmed in a busy environment. Again, their anxiety can transfer to other people in that in, in in that environment. So I guess what they mean by transfer is like you can associate it with those people. Yeah, I would I'm guessing. Think that's so what then it you means, see that yeah. person again, and then it triggers you, and you don't speak. Mm-hmm. So there's no evidence to suggest that children with selective mutism are more likely to have experienced abuse, neglect, or trauma other than any other child. When mutism occurs as a symptom of post-traumatic stress, it follows a very different pattern, and the child suddenly stops talking in environments where they pre- where they previously had no difficulty. Yeah. Um, however, this type of speech withdrawal may lead to selective mutism if the triggers are not addressed and the child develops a more general anxiety about communication. That sounds like you to me. Yeah. That <laughs> that happens to me, like, because of PTSD. Like, right. if I'm panicking or, like, even just in a simple argument, that, that happens to me because... I've never been able to voice my opinion without be- being screamed at, so I shut down. Um, that I, makes sense. Yeah, I, I say that I've never like I when I was growing up I wasn't. Um, and like now it's it's been easier because I've had friends that are very understanding. Um. Thank God. Yeah, and what's what's sad is that you were kind of brought up to think that, like, no one would give a shit about you. Yeah. And you've, like, gotten out into the world and realized that that's 100% not true. <laughs> yeah, no, we... I actually talked about that in my therapy appointment today, like... It, really? Yeah, because, um... It, I was not the first priority. It was no. always... My grandmother was the first priority. Or... Or anything else. Yeah. Anything else took precedence. Right. So, um. So you were kind of, the message you were always getting was that you're in the way or that mm -hmm. you're an inconvenience. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, doesn't matter because it's not going to be taken into account. Um, Right. So. Yeah. Which is not true. (laughs) No, it's not. You are valid and I love you. (laughs) I love you too. So. (laughs) Another misconception is that a child with selective mutism is controlling or manipulative or has autism. Um, There is no relationship between selective mutism and autism, um, although a child may have both. Mm -hmm. Right, Remy? (laughs) You guys hear her? Hey, sweetie. She's not selectively mute at all. Okay. So, So let's talk about how you diagnose it. And then... Oh, wow. There's just so much. There's just so much. I'm going to try and kind of sum it up. Yeah, I know. She's got a lot to say. What do you got to say, baby? Which is ironic, considering the topic. I know. (laughs) I know. You suck on that thumb like it is your job, kid. Get after it. All right. I know, sweetie. Okay. So let's so let's talk about how you diagnose it. Well, we kind of have already covered it. Yeah. But so let's say uh, so these these selective mutism is diagnosed according to specific guidelines. Okay, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> okay, so um, 
Uh, lost my place. Okay, so um, there's there's specific guidelines. So those include observations about the person concerned as outlined. So number one, they do not speak in pu- in specific situations, such as during school lessons or when they can be overheard in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can. Sp- Does this count if <laughs> you never want your shoes to make noise? <laughs> 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 that's an anxiety thing tm yes yeah <laughs> that's also i hate it that's also when my like, heels like make heel noises you know what i'm talking yeah. about oh yeah what are you gonna say um that's also like a sign of a tense house like you don't want to make noise really yeah i do that because i huh. it was so tense all the time um, I don't make noise when I walk. At least I try really hard not to. Um, unless I'm comfortable. But even sometimes then I'll slip into accidentally, like, walking so quietly. Um. Interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, because you're. All right. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, go on. <laughs> it's a totally no, different you were, topic. I thought you were finished. I'm sorry. I didn't mean I'm, to interrupt you. No, it's okay. It's just, it's kind of like a you're afraid like you're gonna get yelled at or you know oh yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. that makes sense um okay so they can speak normally in situations where they feel comfortable such as when they're alone with their parents at home or in their empty classroom or bedroom so that's what stevie does Mm -hmm. um their inability to speak to certain people has lasted for at least one month two months in a new setting uh, their inability to speak interferes with their ability to function in that setting. That's huge. Yeah. Um, and their ability, their inability to speak is not better explained by another behavioral, mental, or communication disorder. So, like, um, my cousin, I think both him and his sister had this. They had, um, like, ear issues. Yeah. Like they had to get tubes in their ears and all that shit. So they didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't talk for a long time. So that doesn't mean that they were selectively mute. It means they had a hearing disorder. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just important to make sure that all the things are actually because of that, of, of anxiety and not, not another physical issue. Um, let's see. We've already kind of talked about that. Oh, this is interesting. So there's also some associated, diffi- some associated difficulties. So... Um, they also, kids with selective mutism often have other fears and social anxieties, mm-hmm. of course, because they have tendency to anxiety. <laughs> um, and they may also have additional speech and language difficulties. So they're, they're very often wary of doing anything that draws attention to them because they think that by doing so, people will expect them to talk. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. So, for example, a child may not do their best in class after seeing other children being asked to read out good work. Or they may be afraid to change their routine in case this provokes comments or questions. Yeah. Um, I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm afraid I need, like, I feel like I need to look the same every day at work. Uh-huh. Or I'm afraid someone will comment and tell me, like, if I, I'm afraid if I, like, don't have enough makeup on or something, like, someone will, will say that I look tired. Yeah. Because, you know what I mean? Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then I'll just be like, no, I just don't have eyeliner on today. <laughs> I no, was running it's... late this morning. <laughs> like, I don't need to take you through my what happened in my morning. Yeah. Um... 
So sometimes there's accidents and urinary infections may result from being unable to use the toilet and holding on for hours at a time, meaning like they're afraid to like ask if they can go to the bathroom. Oh. Um, which is really sad. School-aged children may avoid eating and drinking throughout the day so that they don't need to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like what dogs do when they're home alone all day so they don't have to pee. Yeah. Um, children may have difficulty with homework assignments or certain topics because they're unable to ask questions in class. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. Um, and teenagers may not develop independence because they're afraid to leave the house unaccompanied. Yeah. Never thought of that. And adults may lack qualifications because they're unable to participate in college life or subsequent interviews. Yeah. So there's a lot of things. A lot of a lot of issues that can occur because of that. So let's talk about treatments and then we'll 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 be finished here. Because there's a lot more we could do, but we don't have hours. Um <laughs> So let's talk about how we treat it. So with appropriate handling and treatment, most children are able to overcome selective mutism. It's very treatable, it seems like. Um, yeah. But the older they are when the condition is diagnosed, the longer it will take. So it's kind of like with any kind of speech issue, um, speech impediments, reading disorders, things like that. The longer you wait, you know, you miss that window yeah. and, it, and things just get harder. So um, it's it's always better with kids with any kind of disorder to, to catch it as early as possible so mm-hmm. that you know, you can make sure that their development stays on track because there is that window when they're just little sponges. Mm -hmm. And once that window closes, it's very, very hard to go back and repair any damage. That's why you take them to to the pediatrician. And you tell the pediatrician when things are (laughs) going weird. Yep. Yep, yep. So the effectiveness of treatment will depend on how long the person has had selective mutism, Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not they have additional communication or learning difficulties or anxieties, and the cooperation of everyone involved with their education and family life. Meaning teachers who don't come up to them and say, I know you can talk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone needs to be cooperative and everyone needs to be involved. Yeah. Um, That means both parents... All of their siblings, other family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, treatment does not focus on the speaking itself, but reducing the anxiety associating with associated with speaking. So it's more than just speech therapy. So this starts by removing pressure on the person to speak. They should then gradually progress from relaxing in their school, nursery, or social setting to saying single words and sentences to one person before eventually being able to speak freely to all people in all settings. Yeah. So it's like, it's just a gradual thing where we show, where you have to kind of show them that it's safe to let their guard down. Um the need for individual treatment can be avoided if family and staff in early years setting in, in early years er, early years settings sorry <laughs> um, work together to reduce the child's anxiety by creating a positive environment for them. So this means not letting ouch. This means not letting the child know you're anxious. So you know, not letting them know that you're worried about the fact that they're not speaking. Yeah, because um, then that re- gives them worse performance anxiety, you know. Right, and it they they can pick up on the fact that you're anxious or stressed about something, and then they're like, oh, my anxiety is justified. Yeah. Um, reassuring them that they'll be able to speak when they're ready, concentrating on having fun, 
Praising mm-hmm. all efforts the child makes to join in and interact with others, such as passing and taking toys, nodding and pointing. Um, not showing surprise when the child speaks, but responding warmly as you would to any other child. So that's got to be hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, baby. Yeah, I see you. So, as well as these environmental changes, older children may need individual support to overcome things, their anxiety. The most effective types of treatment are, of course, cognitive behavioral therapy and behavioral therapy. Yeah. So, yay for therapy. <laughs> because the therapy is what you need to treat your anxiety. Yeah. And sometimes medicine, of course. Um, so, oh, real quick. So, there's some advice. So, if you've got a child or you know someone... I guess it says advice for parents, but this is basically, I think, for anyone who know, who knows of someone with selective mutism. So um, it says, do not pressurize or bribe your child to encourage them to speak. That's a good um, one. Let your, yeah, make sure so they have to come to it on their own. You you can't you can't force them like that. Yeah. Um, let your child know that you understand they're scared to speak and have difficulty speaking at times. Tell them they can take small steps when they feel ready and reassure them that talking will get easier. Those are so good. just be supportive. Yeah. Um, do not praise your child publicly for speaking because this can cause embarrassment. Yeah. And cause them to retreat even further. <laughs> not good. Um, wait until you're alone with them and consider a special treat for their achievement. So like, hey, let's go get ice cream or something. Yeah. You know, wait till you're in the car. Um, <laughs> reassure your child that nonverbal communication, such as smiling and waving, is fine until they feel better about talking. Um, do not avoid parties or family visits. Don't avoid the situations. Um, but consider what environmental changes are necessary to make the situation more comfortable for your child. Yep. Instead of avoiding it. Um, However, if them- every facet of the situation would put your child in anxiety mode... Do not yes. expect to take your child to the event. Yes. Well, that's that was a different situation. It was, but, but yes, I'm still angry about true. it. <laughs> I know. I'm angry about it, too. That lady is terrible. Um, ask friends and relatives to give your child time to warm up at his or her own pace and focus on fun activities rather than trying to get them to talk. Yeah. Um, and then as well as verbal reassurance, give them love, support, and patience. I mean, and that's just being a good parent, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. What the hell is going on? Did you hear that? No. Something's going on outside. I don't know what it is, but I'm not about to go be that white girl that goes and investigates. No, I'm going to just sit here with my wine. Yep, that's a good plan. All right, shall we take a quick break? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Hi, everybody. We're back. Hello. All right. And I didn't pull this up while we were just sitting here shooting the shit. Um, but this isn't going to take long. So I have <laughs> got I've got some fun stuff for us. I have got a person that has selective mutism that recommends a lot of books that focus on that. Um, and I also wanted to talk a little bit about one of my favorite characters ever. Um, so as you all know, Supernatural ended last year. 
15 seasons. It's a lot. It got kind of weird near the end, but... um, Of course. 15 seasons! That's too many seasons! Yeah, it's it's way too many. Um, But the first, like, five seasons were super solid. And, like, this is... This is a trend that they carry throughout the entire series. And someone summed this up really well in a pretty short Tumblr post. So I'm just, I'm going to read this um, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. So um, Dean Winchester, who struggled with selective mutism after carrying his infant brother out of their burning house, listening to his father screaming and feeling the heat at his back because his mom um, died in a, horrible fire like he saw her on the ceiling burning as oh a my god a four-year-old child um dean winchester who sometimes literally can't talk when hunts have gone bad really bad um dean winchester who has to walk away sometimes when people want to comfort him or figure stuff out after a bad hunt because everyone is just talking so much and it's overwhelming for him um Dean Winchester, who likes to just sit in silence for a bit after he wakes up. Dean Winchester, who likes to eat in silence and have a little peace for himself. Uh, Dean Winchester, who still struggles with selective mutism, but doesn't know how to tell anyone. Um, all of that is exactly what we just talked about. Supernatural. Yeah, that's also kind of a kind of punny. Huh? That. He has selective mutism and doesn't know how to tell anyone. Oh, I don't know. So <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I just... His character is a beautiful representation of that. That is taken seriously. Oh, cool. And um, I think if anyone else is struggling with selective mutism, this is a really good show to watch. Um, because you see this man who is so strong... Um, who does have serious anxiety and PTSD and he's very like, he wants that toxic masculine image so badly, but he does struggle with all of this. And like, he learns to cope with that throughout the series. Is he a main character? Yes. he. I've never watched Supernatural. (laughs) I don't know who this person is. So he and his brother, Sam are the main characters. Um, okay, so which one is he? The hot blonde one or the long-haired one? They're both hot, but he's the shorter one. Okay, yeah, one. they're both hot. <laughs> Sorry. What? It's okay. He's the shorter one, the the blonde one. Okay, thank you. I was like, yeah. that answers neither of my questions. <laughs> Nothing about my question. Sorry, they, they always make fun of him because he's shorter than his younger brother, Sam. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, but... So basically, they. Sorry, I say the hot one because I I hooked up with a guy that looked exactly like him oh, when fair. I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the, if you've never watched Supernatural, the basic gist of it at the beginning, at least, was they hunt a new monster every week. Right. Um, and kind of like Charmed. Yeah, and in the Charmed first... for dudes. <laughs> That's what I always called it. <laughs> Uh, in the first season, they're trying to find their father, who has gone missing after a hunt went wrong. Um, okay, so I had this totally wrong. Yeah? I thought that one of them was, like, an angel and one of them was a demon or something. Well, kind of. Because one of them, as the show progresses, and, like, 
it goes through like season five with that storyline. One of them was picked to be Lucifer's vessel, and one of them was picked to oh, be shit. Michael's vessel. And they were supposed to start the start and end the apocalypse. Um, Damn. And it goes. There is so much lore as to why it was them. Uh, it's because their mom made a deal with a demon, and um, oh wow, okay, yeah. So it's a family, a dysfunctional family at its finest is in this show. Um, Interesting, dealing with like not with loving your parents but hating them at the same time. Yeah. Um, Making a found family of people that you love, um, choosing to live the way that you want to live, no matter what everyone else is telling you, even if it's fucking God in your face telling you that you have to do this. No, you don't. Uh, that that was just... There are so many good messages in Supernatural. I highly recommend people just watching the first five seasons. And if you want to keep going... Great. See, I have never does... started it mm-hmm. because it's fifteen fucking seasons. That's <laughs> why yeah, I won't I... watch Doctor Who either. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. This is gonna be such a time commitment. I've tried Doctor <laughs> Who and I cannot sit and stick with it. Um, I've tried it a couple times too, but Supernatural, I absolutely loved. Like, I watched. I had gotten to season nine, and then high school was a really weird time. It, I was having a lot of trouble focusing on my schoolwork so I literally didn't like watch anything throughout my entire high school career I just worked wow on schoolwork because it was so hard for me to get through it um so I I had to quit watching this um fair but I I'm gonna go back and finish it just just because I I started it I want to yeah yeah and I thought I don't know. It was just a trauma was wonderfully done in this whole series. Um, cool. Yeah. So if you're ever in the mood to start something new. Yeah. It is over though. Right. So yeah, like, it's completely it's not over. like you're going to, it's not like you have to wait for anything, which is yeah, nice. No. And I all of like that. Yeah. All of the seasons I really are on. I wanted to start Shit's Creek lately because it's over now. Yeah. Me too. Um, all of the, all, every season of Supernatural is on Netflix right now, even yes. the latest one. So, right. Um, I highly recommend it. So, um, I guess I'll get off my soapbox about Dean Winchester. I just I love him so much, <laughs> and I love Sam so much too. He he tried really hard to like get away from this life. He worked really hard to uh, get into law school. He had almost a perfect score on his bar exam. Like, he was, he was really gonna go somewhere. He was gonna be a lawyer, and he was gonna be great. And then his girlfriend gets killed. And he's like, oh, okay, I get why my dad was acting like this. It's time to find him and figure out what the fuck's going on. So it's, it's a fun show. Um, cool. So anyway, this article is from bookriot.com. Uh, And this is by Nadia Ali. It was posted October 23rd, 2019. Let's talk about... Is this the one about... About the... the, By the person who has it? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Let's talk about selective mutism in young adult books. When I was 12, I would check out books from the school library by quietly slipping them into my bag when no one was looking. I guess you could say I was a book oh, thief. Oh, that's but... not okay. <laughs> well, well, listen. I think that's called stealing. Well, listen. I guess you could say I was a book thief, but I always yes. returned them when I was done reading. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. My relationship with reading hasn't always been a positive one, especially as a child with selective mutism. I would never read aloud in class, or to anyone for that matter, which meant that teachers couldn't assess my reading ability, and I was yeah. forced to read age-appropriate books despite being an advanced reader. Um, when I finally discovered the joy in reading books, I started to quote-unquote steal them simply because I couldn't tell the librarian what my name was. Aww. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, October is Selective Mutism Awareness Month, so... What? Yeah. That's fun. So no one's ever told us, but um <laughs> Oh, that was good. <laughs> I am kind of proud of that one. <laughs> no one's ever said anything. <laughs> um, that was good. That was good. Kudos. Um <laughs> If you've never heard of selective mutism, you're probably not the only one. And if you only know of... <laughs> Sorry! Because <laughs> they can't tell you. I can't. Oh I can't. <laughs> it's too funny. I'm sorry, this is very serious. <laughs> this is like me dying of laughter reading about that horrible murder last night. Oh, God, it was so um, funny. <laughs> Continue, though. Uh, and if you only oh, know about it... Oh, last week was so good. Yeah. And if you only know about it from reading a book, the chances are that you read a book about a character whose mutism was triggered by a traumatic incident of their past. So that's kind of what happened uh, with my character. He was fine to talk before, and then... He went mute for an entire year. Like, right. Um, his... Well, yeah, and you hear about that all the time. That, that's yeah. like in Home Alone, where the guy is talking about how he left his kid a funeral parlor. Uh huh. And his oh, kid didn't yeah. talk for like six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the mom's like, oh, let's never talk about that again. <laughs> Sorry I brought it up. I feel that. Um, but. I, I had meant to mention that when we talked about Dean and did not. Um, but, like, he he starts reading through his dad's journal while his dad is missing. And, like, he, he comes across that. So that was, like, a fun moment in the series for him. Gotcha. Um, very rarely do books discuss the matter of selective mutism as a severe social anxiety disorder. Which is highly unsurprising considering that it still remains relatively unknown in real life. I'm glad books are beginning to change that. Not only do they encourage dialogue surrounding a condition that affects around 1 in 140 children, um, they also tackle many of the misconceptions surrounding it. Um, the first time I came across a book about selective mutism, I couldn't believe that someone had literally written a book about my life. In the synopsis of the things I didn't say, Kyle Fornager tackles the common assumption that individuals with selective mutism choose not to speak. Um, 
Selective, however, doesn't refer to making a choice. Instead, it refers to the selective situations where an individual cannot speak, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they talk about, they rehash your whole segment here. <laughs> so I'm not going to yeah, say that. Yeah, let's but, not do that. <laughs> <laughs> but they say, it sounds complicated, right? Imagine trying to explain that to someone when you can't speak. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's a little bit of an issue. Yeah. Uh, selective might also refer Very to Very hard to raise awareness when you can't talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> um, selective might also refer to the situations where an individual can speak, which are sometimes called safe spaces. Like in Fay Bird's What I Couldn't Tell You. It's frustrating as an individual with selective mutism to have no control over where you can talk and who you can talk to. And it can be equally frustrating for friends and family members who can't understand why this happens, especially when you can't provide them with an answer. Yeah, especially Uh, when they're just like, oh, they're just being stubborn. Yeah. It's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what it is. Um, or when someone tries to tell you that your baby is spoiled because you hold them when they cry. I'm like, yeah. excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> if my child's spoiled because I give them affection, sure, my kid's spoiled. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not <laughs> correct. Um, no, it's not. You can't spoil a baby. No. Oh my god. Ray baby, did you hear her sneeze? I did. <laughs> Bless oh, you. goodness. Bless you, sweetie. Goodness gracious. <laughs> For a long time, home was my only safe space, but it was also my family. Because I couldn't talk around strangers if they were in my house. No matter where I was, I couldn't talk to any of my friends or my teachers or health professionals, even when I needed to. Um, But school was Mm. always the hardest battle and a constant promise of this is the year I'm going to speak. Selective mutism at school can be a very isolating experience because it's not easy to make friends when you can't speak. And without a diagnosis, it's really easy to feel like it's all your fault. Right. Um, Even though... I feel like there's something like wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. So even though Steffi and Sarah Bernard's... Quiet Kind of Thunder, and Rosalind and Tamsin Winters being Miss Nobody, both receive treatment in the form of therapy to help with their anxiety. Each individual experience is different, and there's no easy road to overcoming the disorder, with some individuals no. living with selective mutism long into adult life. Um, I was 14 when I discovered selective mutism even existed. Despite the fact that I had no trouble speaking at home, what is happening? Oh, no. Uh, audiobooks.com, I don't want you. I have an ad blocker <laughs> for this. <laughs> um, goodness. Okay. Uh, the closest I came, or, sorry. I was 14 when I discovered selective mutism even existed. Despite the fact that I had no trouble speaking at home, but navigated most of my academic life as a girl who doesn't speak, I was never diagnosed with selective mutism, so I never got the treatment that I needed. The closest I came to therapy was seeing the school counselor, not by choice, every so often in high school, but she never said the words selective mutism or anxiety to me. I didn't know these were specific things that 
myself and many others were battling with on a daily basis. I like to think she didn't either. And she probably didn't because school counselors... Yeah, I was going to say, she probably didn't. Yeah, school counselors are not therapists. They are just... No. They are They're people... there to help you figure out, like, what to do in certain social situations when, like, you and your friends are having an argument about lip gloss or, like... Yeah. To report child abuse or, like, to counsel you as far as, like, majors for college and what... Like, what scholarships to apply for. Yeah, and proctor What exams. classes you should take next semester. Not, yeah. <laughs> they're not therapists. That's yeah. what school psychiatrists are for. Most schools have a psychiatrist now. Oh, that's good. I, we never yeah. had that <laughs> growing up. No, ne- we didn't either. That's a new thing. <laughs> that, it, wow. You have they a school should've... nurse and a school psychiatrist. They usually float between, like, so, like, if you've got, they usually float around to the different schools in a district. It's uh-huh. not usually, like, a, oh, the school has a school psychi- psychiatrist. It's, yeah. like, the district has. That's awesome. Um, so, to date, I've never met a single person in real life who was or is selectively mute. But reading some of these books, even years after overcoming the disorder... I suddenly felt seen and heard, like I had gained a friend in the characters of these novels, who always spoke to me without ever really speaking. Um, I wish I had these books about social anxiety back then, but I'm even more grateful to have them now, because I found my voice and I want to use it to help push these books into the hands of all the kids who needed them the most so they never have to steal them. Though we still have a long way to go when it comes to books that are fully representative of children and adults with selective mutism, I'm hopeful that we're heading in the right direction. For all the quiet kids, this one's for you. You can be the heroes, too. Aww. Yeah. So that was I, good. Yeah, I thought that was fun. It's short and sweet, and it also gave us some pretty cool book recs. Um, and What yeah. were the recommendations again? So, there was um, The Things I Didn't Say by Kylie Fornasier. Okay. Uh, what I Couldn't Tell You by Faye Bird. Um, a Quiet Faye, kind of- what a good name. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's my daughter's middle name. <laughs> <laughs> a Quiet Kind of Thunder by Sarah Bernard. And Being Miss Nobody by Tasman Winter. Very cool. Yeah. So, these are novels, right? Mm-hmm. They are. Nice. Nice. So people who aren't super into nonfiction, there you go. Yeah. Um, Love it. Yeah. So that was my segment. I know it was kind of short, but I wanted to talk about characters and also yeah. hear from someone who had the disorder and like... Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Very good work. Well, thank you. All right. Shall we play a game? We shall. Did you send me All a right. Oh, okay. Yes. I did. Yes. <laughs> so this is our game by Drunk Stunder Stupid. Did I go first last night? Yes, you did. Yeah, uh, last week? <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. Um, <laughs> I did? Okay. So yeah. um, this is our game by Drunk Stunder Stupid called If You Had To. So if you had to, would you? Alternate between being a goat and a human every other year. So 2020, you would be a goat. 2021, you would be a human. <laughs> or uh have a tail i would I think i would have, have a, a tail. tail i would have a tail yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be a goat 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Uh, I really hope that you're continuing to be safe. And yeah i guess let's just like white knuckle it until shit calms down in the world and (laughs) yeah (laughs) i heard um i was scrolling on tiktok the other day and apparently there's this like retired ex-spy on there who says that everything should be better by like july 2021 so if we can just make it to july yeah man there's an end in sight knuckle under Yeah. yeah we're all just gonna have to knuckle under for a while yeah and uh, I have a I have an idea that I know is not going to catch on, but I just have this I, I I think that you know not I want this to be an escape for people. I don't want us I don't want to be the news, but also I had an idea that maybe all the people who are such diehard Trump supporters that they've become terrorists, mm-hmm. um, all of you can go with your butt buddy Donald to a uh, an island that he can buy with all his bucks, and um. All his billions of dollars that I'm sure he doesn't have anymore. And um, <laughs> you guys can go live on an island together. No women will join you um, because that would be awful. And uh, y'all can just fuck each other for the rest of time in your authoritarian regime that you so te- clearly want. That's what I feel like. I feel like that's the best way for everyone to be happy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on yep. that note... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, what's bringing you joy? What's bringing me joy? Um, I um I found one of the ten books in my favorite series as a child, and I ordered it, uh, and it got here Fun. today. Yeah, they Yay! are they're no longer in print, so they're oh. super hard to find. And my grandmother threw all of them out. When I was younger. Oh, no. So I am What slowly, book series is it? Uh, it's called the Mind Warp book series. It's by Chris Archer. Cool. Uh, it's about these 13-year-olds that, like, once they turn 13, they, um, their, like, superpowers activate. They bleed silver blood. Oh, cool. Uh, and they're fighting aliens. And I'm... Neat. A thousand percent sure that's where my obsession with aliens came from. I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> but I no love them. you love alien stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. It's number seven. It's my favorite one. Um, but I've got to get the others. So. Mine is book-related as well. Okay. So, uh, the sequel to Ready Player One came out. Oh. On, uh, in November. So... Wow. Um, Mama has a new book to read, and I'm excited. Oh, did you ever read the books I lent you? No, I never had time. No, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. They're still sitting here. Okay. And I won't have time until after we move. <laughs> I'm sorry. I almost... It's okay. Just put them in a box and mailed them to you, because I was just like, these... I'm afraid I'm gonna mess them up, but it's okay. Um, I need to get a book back but, from Kita. I need to get those back well, from you. Well, the thing is, I can... I can listen to I can listen to Ready Player Two. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, but my goal for 2021 is I'm going to take more time to sit and read a book. For fuck's okay. sake, like I've got to, I've got to do that because it's quiet, it, it's it's calming. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just I, I really need to do that for myself. So it, it's gonna happen. I just okay. I've got a lot going on. I, I <laughs> so, know. I was just curious. I was thinking about them today. Most of the time, and, uh, 
Yeah, since Remy has been born, it's been very hard to sit and do something like that because any time that I don't have to be holding her when she's sleeping, I like have to be up doing dishes and yeah. taking care of all the shit I can't do while I'm holding her. <laughs> so it makes things a little bit more difficult, but I, yeah. I'm I'm going to get there. Just you got to be patient with me. I'm sorry. Oh, no, so, I um, know. I, I've still got movies oof. from you that I need to fucking sit down and watch. I know. Um, They're all good. I- <laughs> I'm sure that they are. And and I've been looking at them, like, picking at them to be like, oh, I kind of want to watch that one right now. And then I just... Don't. Time happens. And all of a sudden, it's 3 a.m. and I've done nothing productive. Exactly. (laughs) Such is life in quarantine. Yes. All right. Hopefully, the end is in sight. So, we love you guys so much. Please, please, please stay safe. Wear your mask. Sanitize those hands, you filthy animals, and remember, (laughs) you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout-out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.